Leaders Lift, a podcast for aspiring and existing leaders. I'm your host, Greg Cunningham, and as always, I look forward to being a part of your leadership journey. Over the next couple of episodes, we will be talking about one of the core pieces of a leadership foundation, and that is knowing yourself. Sorry to interrupt, but I want to let everyone know about a change that I'll be making in the title of the podcast. None of the content, none of the schedules, my goal around leaders lifting, none of that's going to change. But you'll start noticing in your podcast player or in other places like episode titles and stuff that I'm going to be calling it Mount Nebo Leadership Podcast. And there's a variety of reasons for that. and They're not terribly interesting for any of you. So just watch for that. Uh, the branding should look the same, and I'm still focused on the concept of leaders lift. So you won't need to resubscribe or refollow or anything like that. Nothing should change as far as how you listen to the show. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. Knowing yourself is one of the most important things you can do as a leader. It's critical that you understand your motivations, personality traits, default behaviors, tendencies, likes and dislikes, and more. Without understanding these things, you could just wander through life and definitely not live up to your fullest potential. In addition, the process of getting to know ourselves better as a leader can give us the tools we need to help others go through the same journey. It doesn't matter if someone wants to be a leader or has other goals in life. Helping them get to know themselves will be crucial to their meeting their fullest potential. And if you're a leader looking to lift others, that should be one of your primary goals. For this first episode related to knowing ourselves, we're going to talk about motivations. Now, each of us has a myriad of motives for wanting to be a leader. I talked about motives in both the State of Leadership and the Leadership Foundation's launch episodes. In the episode today, we'll spend a portion of our time expanding on motives, why it's important to have the right ones and what those should be, then we're going to spend the rest of the episode focused on how to work on those motives. In a subsequent episode, we'll dive deeper into understanding our personality traits, default behaviors, and how those influence us as leaders and how they interact with others. Before we get started, I just want to remind you that if you're interested in or focused on leadership, don't forget to subscribe or follow the podcast. You can also go to www.mountnebelconsulting.com where we are regularly adding new content and resources to help you on your leadership journey. Let's start off today talking about just a few miscellaneous items. One of those is super critical and the others I'll touch on just briefly. First, and this is the critical one, you need to have a good idea of what you want out of life, what you want to accomplish, what goals you have, what are your priorities going to be? It's important because it serves as the foundation for who you're trying to become, and it has a significant influence on your personality style and motives. Now, it's not something I want to completely dive into in this episode because it probably deserves much more focus than that. But before you build any action plan, I believe you need to understand where you want to go in life and the different layers and drivers for that ultimate goal. So if you don't know where you want to go in life, maybe start there. Ask yourself, what am I looking to accomplish in the future? And what stage you are in life will determine how far ahead you want to look. So for example, if you're just starting your career, you may want to focus a little more short-term, but have some longer-term goals in mind as well. 
If you are a decade or so away from retirement, your goals need to stretch out to your retirement and what you want that retirement to be like. This also implies that as you move through different phases of life, your goals and what you want out of life may change. That's to be expected. Just get used to adapting and you'll be just fine. As you start on your leadership journey, keep in mind where you want that journey to take you so that you have a North Star to focus on and to influence key decisions you may have to make. Let me give you an example of how having that eventual destination in mind could influence your decisions. My oldest son started playing violin in fifth grade. At the same time, he was involved in football, basketball, and tons of other things. He showed a talent for and desire to do very well with his music, and this continued throughout middle school. When it came time for high school, we encouraged him to make a decision about where he wanted to spend his time. He attended a very large high school, and it just wasn't practical to do everything. He decided to stick with orchestra and his music. Now, as he went through his high school career, that became his focus, and most everything in life revolved around his music. He still got your typical high school job, stayed focused on church and scouts. His Eagle Project was doing a small concert for a skilled nursing facility, and his overall academics remained outstanding. But everything still pointed back to music. As it came time to make decisions about college, there were two drivers for him. Continue studying music and serve a church mission. He was blessed to find a way to do both of those things. Now he is going into his senior year of his undergraduate work. He's looking at grad school and everything has been built to help him continue down that path. To fund his schooling, the financial aid does not cover, he teaches private lessons, plays in small groups for weddings, and plays with an orchestra. My son could have gotten any job to get him through college, but he elected to do those things that would look good when he was applying for grad school because he knew that grad school was an important step to his eventual career goals. So that's the most important thing, knowing what you want to get out of life. Now, another smaller thing that you want to be aware of is what do you like to do? What do you like to be a part of? What types of things do you enjoy accomplishing? as well as the opposite of that. What things do you not enjoy and what things do you not want to be a part of? Every step on your leadership journey is going to have a combination of these things. So you need to know where you're willing to endure something that you don't enjoy so that you can continue to do those things that you do enjoy that are much more important. Now, the third introductory thing that I want to talk about is just getting getting to understand your triggers. Triggers are something that pushes you into either a negative or even a default behavior or reaction. Think about someone running their nails across a chalkboard. For a lot of people, that triggers an instant physical reaction. In leadership, we could call these pet peeves, annoyances, or really it's just anything that could throw you off track. So it's worth the effort for you to pay attention over the next little while and notice the things that stress you out, make your blood pressure rise, or are just super annoying. Write them down, and then decide which are negatively impacting your journey and work on them. Work on mitigating the impact that they have on you. So just to wrap up this section, keep in mind that all of these things are going to change over the course of your journey. What you want out of life, your triggers, what you enjoy doing, what you don't. As you gain new experiences, your goals will change. You may overcome certain triggers and find new ones. 
What's important to do, and this will apply to most everything we will cover on this podcast, is to be deliberate in your leadership journey versus just being passive. Now, what do I mean by that? If, if I understand my goals in life, then I can make deliberate decisions to keep me on the path towards those goals. If I don't understand them, what happens to my decision making? Do I take the easiest route, the path that seems the most fun, the path where I can make the most money? Or do I just end up going with the flow and someone else makes those decisions for me? Think about this in terms of learning. At some point, we're going to talk about the need to be a lifelong learner. Formal education can be a part of that, but also there is experiential education. So what do you think would be better? Should I be an active learner or a passive learner? Do I deliberately manage my career and the associated experiences so I can learn what will make the biggest difference in my life? Or do I just go with the flow and hope that I learn some of those good things along the way? My recommendation, be active, be deliberate. You do that by knowing yourself, your goals, making deliberate decisions, documenting your journey. Those are a few of the ways that you can be deliberate. So let's dive into motives. This will be the heart of this episode of the podcast. And let's just start with a quick review of the three categories of motives. For today, I've categorized them into those that are generally positive, some that are practical or situational, and then those that have great potential to be negative. Now, I want to point out that most any motive generally can be good or bad. Sometimes good motives taken to extremes can turn negative. So it's important to keep all of these in perspective, and as we're going to talk about later, to prioritize them. So here are three that are generally positive. Number one, and that's kind of the point of this whole podcast and what I'm doing with Mount Nebo Consulting, which is making a difference. Under that, I'm going to put lifting, helping others meet their potential and achieve their goals. And the second one under that is being a multiplier. And I'll put a reference to the book Multipliers in the show notes. It's a great book, a great read if you want to get started on that. I'm sure we'll talk about it in more detail later. The second of these three positive motives is to be part of a team. Leaders just generally are not all by themselves. So you've got to want to be a part of a team. And then the third one, which we're really not going to talk about today, is serving. Being of service to others, serving others. So that's got to be part of uh, your motives for wanting to be a leader. Now let's talk about some practical motives. These first two are a little bit different, but the first one I want to bring up is that's when you're the most engaged. It gets overlooked a lot, but sometimes when you're leading others, that's just when you feel like you've hit your stride. That's what you're meant to do. So that's when you're the most engaged. Now, that does require a certain level of skill and a bunch of the other things that we're going to talk about. But if when you're put in charge of something and you have a chance to lead people, that's when you feel the most energized and most engaged. That may be a really good motive for wanting to be a leader. Now, following up on that is you've got talent in this area. If people are naturally drawn to you, they look to you to lead them, then you've got some talent in that area. And that could be another practical reason that you want to be a leader. You really engage when you do it and you seem to have some talent in that area. 
Now, another practical motive would be that leading is a way to accomplish your core objectives. And for this one, I kind of think about a startup founder that has this brilliant idea to change the world. And the only way they're going to get to execute on that idea is if they lead it, if they lead the effort to get it done. So leading is a way to accomplish one of your core objectives. And then the last one in this, this is an unfortunate one, and just sometimes it comes up. Sometimes one of our practical motives for leading is no one else is willing to step up and do it. I mean, think about the last volunteer organization you were a part of, and they sent around a sign-up and said, hey, who wants to lead the community fair fundraiser? How many people really are going to volunteer to step up? And so... I think about that. No one else will step up to do it, so you're going to step in. You're going to be willing to lead the team that gets it done. Now let's talk just a little bit about the third category that I have for today, and I want to be a little bit careful with this one. These are the motives that have the most potential to become negative. They're not negative in and of themselves, but they have the potential to get there if they're prioritized over other more important motives. Number one is money. Number two is fame and recognition. Three is power or control. Four is pride and a lack of trust, needing to do things my way. And then the fifth one, which is you don't have a choice. Now, the first four I talked about in the couple of the launch episodes, but that fourth one, you don't have a choice but to be the leader. You'd think that's the same as no one else is stepping up. But there are times when nobody else steps up and you could still choose to walk away because it's just not that big of a deal. But there are other times when you have no other choice but to take on that leadership role. And sometimes that can create things like resentment and negativity. So that's one of the reasons why it has the potential to become negative. All of us most likely have some of each of these three types. In fact, if you think about money, that is almost always a motivator in some way, shape, or form. I think all of us see a need for money in our lives, but very few of us want to make money just to say we have a lot of money. I personally choose to believe that the world is not filled with Scrooge McDucks who just pile up gold coins in a vault so that they can swim in it. Now, that motive definitely exists to a certain extent, but I don't think most people identify with it. I think what most people do is they know they need money because they want to do certain things in life. So in most cases, what we do with the money is more of a motivator than the money itself. We're going to expand on this here in just a little bit. So that covers the overview of the motives. Now I want to dive in and talk about why is it important to do things for the right reason. I'm sure somebody is probably wondering, do my motives matter if I still do the right thing? It may not make a difference in that one individual decision, but how does it impact all of your decisions in the future? The real power to lift comes from having the right balance of motives, the abilities and the opportunities you need, and then exercising all of those things consistently over time. It can't just be a one-time thing. Don't get me wrong, even with the proper motives, or the proper balance of motives, you won't always stay on the right path. All of us are human, we make mistakes, and sometimes we end up tripping over ourselves or falling on our faces. But the right motives will give you a much better shot at consistently being on the right path versus wandering aimlessly. I say wandering aimlessly, and maybe that's a little bit extreme, 
But let's talk about money as a motivator here. If the accumulation of wealth is someone's primary or only motivator, then that's going to be a huge factor in their decisions. They may resist making decisions that conflict with other motives or their life goals just because of money. They may resist that for a little while. But if that motive stays on top, eventually someone is going to offer them enough money to make it worth it. And they're going to pursue the money at the expense of those other things that they thought were more important. And so let's spend a few more minutes now and let's talk about practical ways to deal with motives. So if, if I went through some of those lists and you found yourself saying, wow, I really do focus on my income and that has the potential to be negative. Again, I'm not saying that it's negative in and of itself, but maybe you're saying I'd like to work on that and do better. So let's talk about some practical ways that we can be deliberate about our motives versus allowing our motives to manage us. Now first, and I know I'm going to say this a lot, but you need some honest self-evaluation. And it's actually kind of hard sometimes to be honest with yourself. On the flip side, we can also be more critical of ourselves than anybody else. So there's got to be a balance there. But if you think about it, who knows you better than you? After you do your self-evaluation, you can always follow up with other tools, getting feedback from those around you. But I always start with a self-evaluation. Now, just one word of advice here. Do your self-evaluation before life forces you to do it. This comes from my own experience. If your motives are out of balance or you are consistently acting against what should be your core motives, life has a funny way of, quote unquote, helping you realize it. If I get a chance, either in this episode, if it's not too long, or maybe in a bonus episode, I'll share my experience with the times when I knew that my motives were kind of out of balance or that I was making decisions that didn't align with what should have been the most important motives at the time. So how do you do this self-evaluation? Well, here's a few questions that you can ask yourself to get started. What do I love doing the most and why? When do you find you have the most energy? Uh, write down examples, specific things. Take note of them during your day. Okay, That's number one. When you have key decisions you have to make, what are the core values that you use to evaluate the alternatives? So for example, let's say you've got a project and it's kind of going off the rails and you've assigned somebody on your team to be in charge of it. How do you decide what to do in that situation? Your motives may be a huge factor in that. Now, if the project is due tomorrow and it's just got to be done, then you may go in one direction. But all things equal, do you decide that you're going to help that team member recover the project or do you just dive in? and save the project yourselves. That's a decision that you would make based on what's most important to you, developing a team member or being the hero. When it comes to leadership, what do I like most about it? Do I like the acknowledgement of being the leader? Hey, you were the boss and you got it done, great job. Or do I prefer when my team members come to me and say, thank you so much for helping me out. I wouldn't have been able to get that piece done without you, or I wouldn't have learned this without you. Another question, if someone asked you what your ideal job title would be, what would you answer? Would you answer vice president or something like mentor? You know, what, which of those two things is more important to you? When someone compliments your team on a successful whatever, project, initiative, whatever the case may be, who gets the credit? Do you take the credit and say, yes, I led the team, we did a great job, or... 
Do you go back and say, you know, my team was outstanding. They really pitched in. Or there was this one individual on the team that really stepped up. You know, how do you explain that success? Who takes credit? Who gets the credit for that success? Another question that you can ask yourself, how do I build my team? Do I put my people in the place of most potential for them and for the organization? Or am I just hiring folks to do what I want them to do? Folks that'll take my orders. Do I let folks struggle and grow and provide proper support? Or do I jump in and take over and do it myself? This one shows that you may care more about perceived short-term success versus really helping others and providing support and allowing them to grow. Now, the last question, just a fun exercise, putting aside compensation and the need for it, what would you do if you could do anything? And why would you do that? Would you even think, yes, I want to be a leader? Or would you say, you know what, if I didn't need the compensation and I had no need for it, I don't think I would take on the responsibility of leadership. So those are some core questions that you can ask yourself as part of a self-evaluation. It's not a comprehensive list, but it should get you started. Now, a second practical approach would be to take all of the motives above and any others you want to add in, things that I've missed or things that you found in your own career, and then put them in a priority order, your priority order, not mine, not anybody else's, but your own priority order. Now, this is another one where you need to be absolutely honest about it. Once you have them in the right order, then you can start asking another set of questions like, how do these motives align with my overall life priorities? So one example, if my goal is to help my kids learn to problem solve and be independent, and this could apply to anybody on my team, but my primary motive is control or doing things my way, are those going to conflict? My goal is to help others learn to problem solve for themselves, but my motivation is control and doing things my way. Those seem to conflict to me. Another question, once you've got those kind of in your priority order, is how would this motive at this priority level impact my overall life goals? You know, if I've got money way, way, way up there versus recreational time or family time or whatever the case may be, and I get a chance to take a high paying job that has a lot of travel, I'm probably gonna take it. But on the flip side, if the family time and the things I do with my family are the higher motive than the money, then I may not take that job that requires tons of travel. Question number three to ask, the priority order of motives. When I have key decisions to make, which motives will most influence the decision that I make? Following up on this, if I could rank the motives in an ideal way, what would that be? So you've ranked them into what you think are the most important to you right now, but what do you think the ideal looks like? Another thing to consider is how have my motives and the priorities of those motives changed over time? You know, did I used to be more focused on money when I was young and didn't have family or friends that I was dealing with? I just wanted to go out and make as much money as possible and now I have other priorities. And so making money is good because it allows me to do things with my family and friends, but it's not as, not as important as maybe it once was. And then the last question, which is probably the most important one, which is what kind of changes do I want to make? What adjustments do I want to make on my motives? Pick one change, make a plan, and start executing on it.
Now, just a few reminders as we wrap up this section. We've talked about the motives, good ones, some that can be negative. We've talked about how they influence uh, our decision-making and why it's important to have the right reasons to do things. And practical ways that we can prioritize or organize or at least be aware of and maybe adjust our motivations. None of this stuff is chiseled in concrete. So you should expect things to change over time and be willing to do so. Another reminder, while it's difficult sometimes to change the core of who we are, we're going to talk about that a lot in the personality episode, that doesn't mean that you can't make adjustments. Now, another reminder is that having some of the potentially negative motives is not bad in and of itself. Again, I keep bringing up the money thing because we all have that motivation to have income in our lives, whether it's for the income itself, which is not really a great uh, motive, or it's because of the things that it allows us to do. Having income allows me to do those things that are most important in my life. So again, they're not bad in and of themselves. Let's just make sure that they're put in proper perspective. And then finally, everything needs a balance, and that balance could shift from you know one time to another. It could be that as a leader, you've got a major project, and so you have to focus more on that project and driving it to a successful completion, and maybe some of the other outside-of-work things take a backseat. But then you should be able to flip that around at some point. So everything needs a balance. That balance needs to be adjusted regularly. And again, some of those practical things that we've just talked about can help you do that. Just a quick reminder that if you're enjoying this episode, to hit that subscribe or follow button in your podcast player. That will ensure you get the latest episodes as they are released. You can also visit our website for additional resources or follow Mount Ebo Consulting on LinkedIn or Leaders Lift on Instagram. Thought I would just share a little bit of my experience related to motives and why I'm so passionate about understanding our motives and being deliberate about them. This is a good example of how motives can change and how various motives mix and match. When I was in college, I got married and our oldest daughter was born shortly thereafter. At the time, I was thinking about going to med school, but I had a young family, was trying to work full-time, had a church assignment that took up a significant amount of my time, and was carrying a full class load. It was absolutely too much. So my wife and I sat down and evaluated our priorities and decided that education would have to wait. I was working at a bank call center, and with that transition away from my education, I started what I would consider my business career. At that time, my goals were centered on trying to balance family and career, but I also felt a lot of drive or pressure to provide for my growing family, as one of our main objectives was for my wife to be able to stay home with the kids. Now, shortly after this transition, I was given an opportunity to step into an early management role. And then over time with that organization, my responsibilities steadily increased. At times, I was able to balance things well, but at other times, it just didn't happen. Now, one example of not, when our third child was born, I took a week off to be home with her and the family. Two days in, my wife sent me back to work because I was essentially working and she didn't see the point to me being home. I could save my vacation for another time. That was not great. I should have realized that things were out of balance at that time. Now, at another point, we had an opportunity to relocate to Texas 
it was good timing because we had been talking about maybe moving out of state and exploring what other parts of the country were like, seeing what a big city was like. We thought it would be good exposure for our kids. So we made the move. It was a big transition, but it was a great opportunity all around. And a couple years after we moved, I went to work for another company. It was actually a step down in title. I went from VP to senior manager, but it was a deliberate decision to take on an opportunity to build an organization from scratch. Several years later, I realized I was tired of being on call 24 by seven and asked to move into a more strategic role. That was another deliberate decision. Shortly after that, we decided that we wanted to be closer to extended family and give two of our kids the chance to see what small town life was like. So we moved back to Utah. And I think you can see as we made these decisions, okay, we're going to move to Texas so that we can give our kids a different experience. And then when I moved from one job to another, it wasn't necessarily about money. It was about the opportunity to build an organization from scratch to learn some new things. And then when I moved out of support and into a more strategic role, it was back to, I didn't want to be on call 24 by seven. So there's this back and forth of career versus family and which one takes precedence over the other at any given time. Now, a couple of years after we moved back to Utah, I got laid off for the first time. And when I look back at that, I realized that it was a good thing. I have here probably, but it was definitely a good thing because I had gotten complacent. I was making good money. I was working from home before it was a big deal. I traveled occasionally, which was great. And I had good balance. I didn't have to work a 50 hour work week. And my schedule meant that I could do things with the family in the afternoons and in the evenings. But what I didn't see is that I wasn't growing. I was focused on the money I was making and how good I had it. So when I got laid off, I started a consulting business. It was going all right, but I missed the more consistent income. That was important to me, especially with still trying to support the family. I was recruited by a large tech company. I thought I had totally arrived. Now, a while into that new situation, I met with a financial advisor and talked about retirement. This is something I had never really focused on because we just hadn't had much in terms of disposable income or income that we could push out to, the, to that far future of retirement. I had done the bare minimum, but all of a sudden I had the opportunity to really invest in retirement and the advisor honestly showed me some pretty good numbers. That must have triggered something in me because I started seeing my progress at work, my assignments, everything that came up as an opportunity to contribute to those numbers. For a while, I was able to keep a decent balance between the competing motives, you know, the focus on my family and those things that were more important versus that vision of what our retirement could be like. But eventually I started putting pressure where there didn't need to be any. I tried forcing things that didn't need to be forced. And unfortunately, some of my default behaviors that we're going to talk about that I had worked so hard on over the course of my career to identify and mitigate, they came back. And this just threw things even more out of balance. Now, I bring this up to help you see where at times in my career I made good decisions for the right reasons. Other times I struggled to make the right decisions because I had let some of my lesser motives take too high of a priority. This is why I encourage you to do a self-evaluation and ask others around you. After I moved on from the tech company, my wife and my family, multiple family members, came forward and said how worried they had been about me. 
They had seen the stress and the pressure, and it was a huge concern to them. I just didn't see it that way. It would have been much better if I had been able to identify that issue months earlier and make a deliberate decision to recalibrate and focus where their priorities needed to be. Some of you have probably had similar experiences. If you haven't, I'm sure there will be times when you are greatly tempted, even for good reasons, to let your motives get out of balance. Resist that as much as you can. Stay focused on your overall life goals. Adapt as life changes and be deliberate. And hopefully you can avoid some of these pitfalls that I've run into over the course of my career. So that wraps up part one of our Knowing Yourself series. Part two should be coming in two weeks or so. In the meantime, take some time to evaluate and focus on your motives. Maybe even try out one or two of the suggestions from today's episode. Understanding your motives a little bit better will prepare you for part two when we start talking about personality styles and default behaviors. And that is definitely an episode that you won't want to miss. If you want to be notified of future episodes, hit the subscribe or follow button. You can also visit our website for more great content and resources to help you on your leadership journey or find us on LinkedIn and Instagram. If you're looking to support the show, check out the options on our Patreon page. And please share the show out to any in your circle that could benefit from it. Ratings and reviews in your podcast app are also a great way to spread the word. Thank you again for tuning in. Now go out there and keep lifting. Thank you.